With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Howdy and what's up? This is the Long Two, a fantasy basketball podcast. My name is Natty. His name is Brandon. Brandon, what's up? How's it going, Natty? It's been we, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke, but does True. not mean that we have not both been knee deep in the basketball. So I'm excited to talk about, you know, catch up. I uh, I haven't watched any basketball. I went hard into uh, Formula One racing, and that's all I've been watching the past two weeks. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I am one of the unfortunate people who roster Kevin Durant proudly and gratefully. And he is now out for a month. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit that's been going on in the NBA. Uh, Brandon, I know you had some thoughts, so take it away. How, how are you feeling? What's going on? What do you see? Well, well to, to comment on your um, your your new your you know breaking news on Kevin Durant, I believe that <laughs> that came out today, right? Um, well, you know, I don't know. It's, it's breaking uh, news to a, to a lot of people. Oh, for um, sure. And but, it sucks you know, right before MLK Day games, but yeah, but there's plenty of star power there. Uh, but my my question there is, it's going to be it could get a little testy between James Harden and Kyrie. You know they've they've both kind of been they they clearly haven't been on the same page uh, those two. And Kevin Durant was kind of the the guy who was kind of um, keeping the peace. It seemed like so. We'll see what happens when Kyrie plays and then doesn't play, and then Harden has to carry the team, and uh, they take it an L. Dude, and like their team might suck. Like DeAndre Bembry is starting. Uh, Kessler Edwards, don't know him. Nick Claxton is good, but out. LMA is out. James Johnson is out as usual. Bruce Brown, who we both mm-hmm. love. Cam Thomas, Patty Mills. Oh my God! Everyone, pick up Patty Mills, please. Like the people that dropped yeah. Patty Mills because Kyrie came back half, uh, pick him, pick Patty back up because now KD's out and they need Patty. He's been <laughs> the only reason they've won games, really. Yeah. Like the only reason they have this record is because of Patty Mills. Anyway, um, Blake Griffin well, can't mentioned... like finish anymore. Like the team sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say you mentioned DeAndre uh, Bembry, and it's like. They as many minutes as you give him, he'll still score six points sometimes. So yeah, it's like Patty Mills, um, Cam Thomas to a lesser degree. He's he's not going to be consistent, but he you know he can score. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's ugly, and you know I think when you have Kyrie and Harden out there, you know they're going to you know have a chance. But uh, when you when it's just out of shape, James Harden, it could get a little a little dicey. It is going to be strange basketball for sure um, because, like you said, KD is the glue. I mean, he's the straw that stirs the drink wherever he goes. He's just that good. Um, They're just down so many dudes. Like, I think that we're going to see some games where they have all three guards out there, you know, just because they have to. 
and to see what they can actually do with it. Um, they're going to have to win off of star power alone because there's nothing else. Like, imagine if they still had Jared Allen, if they hadn't just like thrown yeah. him into that deal, um, and he could help them. I mean, I like Nick Claxton. I like him a lot, actually. But I mean, he he more than helped them. Jared Allen right now looks like you know he's one of oh. the top three or four, maybe not three, but maybe top four center in the NBA right now. I love him so much that I have to half heart the Cavs. I mean, there are other dudes on that team that I like too, which really fucking bugs me. I don't like that. I like Mosley so much, Um, but (laughs) it's a, yeah, it sucks, man. Like the nets just don't really look like a contender to me at all. And even if KD was there and is healthy and he'll be out for at least a month, it's like four to six weeks, depending on, the state of affairs with the Nets and their record, uh, maybe they'll keep him out longer, you know, if if the team can weather his absence. But doesn't but, this happen every year? It seemed like with KD that he misses time, like, in the second half of the dude, season. Dude, he's been and playing, then, like, 38 minutes. Like, he's yeah. been playing a ton for a guy with serious injuries in the recent past. And he's been mm-hmm. able to do it, and he's looked like an MVP candidate. I mean, that's gone now. There's no fucking way he'll be MVP. Um, he wasn't going to win MVP anyways. Yeah, but, but like second or third in the voting, but now not even. Um, I I don't know. Like, there's teams in the East that seem to be coming on. You know, like the Sixers seem to be coming on. The fucking Raptors are somehow like above mm-hmm. 500. Um, the Knicks just made a move. I don't know if you can call it an upgrade. Well, it has to be an upgrade because Kevin Knox didn't play at all and Cam Reddish will. Yeah, in case people don't aren't aware, Cam Reddish was traded to the Knicks. He is injured right now, so we're not sure when he's going to make his Knicks debut. Um, but he has been reunited with his former Duke to, uh, teammate, uh, R.J. Barrett. And um, some of the buzz right now is that you know maybe this is – you know, them gearing up to try to land Zion, but <laughs> let, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. I wanted to, I wanted to say one thing that I've noticed, especially in the last, you know, five plus years of the NBA is video games have predicted so much of what we see now <laughs> in the modern NBA. And I'm specifically referring to LeBron James playing the five, like who didn't anyone who's played NBA 2K, who hasn't seen that coming? You know, so I, I love seeing LeBron at the five. It's made so much sense. He should have been doing it for like the last three years. Um, Dude, it sucks though. He's getting the center. shit kicked out of him. It is extreme. Like that's something that is awesome in the playoffs. I don't want to see him if I'm a Lakers fan doing that in the regular season. They're doing it out of necessity. Like it, it sucks and over he's, there. He's, a, he's kind of a one five, right? He's like, he yeah, he's can like Joker. On, yeah. Um, but he can also like defensively, sometimes he can switch, you know, and, and he can obviously switch down to like guard some smaller guys, but I don't know. I like it and agree with you. Yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. That's for the playoffs. You don't want to see him doing that for, you know, 40 games uh, uh, over the course of the NBA season. But I, I am just saying that it just makes so much sense sure. in a death lineup to have LeBron James as your center while Anthony Davis is out, even with Anthony Davis back, I I still think that can make a lot of sense. 
the thing that sucks is that no one is really taking advantage. I mean, Malik Monk is doing really well. Uh, he is. He's under-rostered. People should go pick him up. Um, he looks like... Is he the second-best guy on the Lakers right now? Because AD's out? Yeah, um, and they're, uh, uh, when they play tonight, is he the second-best player? He's playing the best off of LeBron. Can I say it like that? Like, he makes sense next to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is a more talented player. <laughs> I mean, that's just true. But playing um, the best basketball right now, is he the, the guy who... Is Russ shouldn't be on the team, man. Like, there's... The the reason that I was for Russ being on the Lakers and the reason that I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt to the team was because Russ was going to be able to win regular season games when LeBron or AD was out. Well, that hasn't really materialized. Uh, first, mm-hmm. Russ starts off slow, and second, like it's just not working at all. His defense sucks too. Um and he's hit the back, he's hit the side of the backboard on mid-range jumpers like four times right. this season. And he's also not like been as bad at threes as people think, but it's still bad. And if LeBron is the one that has to change to comp- to compensate for you, then the construction of the roster is incorrect. And the last time this happened when the roster around LeBron was so bad back in Cleveland, they fucking turned the whole goddamn thing over. But I don't know if you can do that. Um, So, like, while it makes sense, like, LeBron is the best problem solver of this and maybe any generation. So, yeah, he started playing center because they had to. And he's playing center and Russ still can't, like, be an effective offensive player. It's ridiculous. I know. Um, One more more thought for you. Yeah, yeah. So... This is not really about one's fantasy production, but watching the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan, and I'm not saying he's as good as this guy, obviously, but his game, the way he plays, it just reminds me of, like, 1997, 1998 MJ. Seeing him in that Bulls uniform, like, hitting that mid-range game, he's just, like, so automatic from the mid-range right now. He's, like, using the fadeaway. He's, he plays like an old school style and just seeing him in that Bulls jersey, the way he's been performing, um, it's been like reminiscent. I don't know about you. Uh, the dentist, Zach Levine, is going to be out for a while, I believe. Yes, he is. Me. Um, so Alonzo this... could miss a, a few games. Dude, this is DeChosen's chance to get MVP. Yep. Exactly. This is his time in the one or the two seed and just looks like the culmination of a narrative arc that people understand, like, and there's sentimentality involved and all the rest of it. Um, And also they'd be uh, some voters would be like rubbing it in to the teams that didn't believe in DeMar. And I just feel um, like all of the Raptors fans who were really upset of when the Kawhi trade happened just because they love DeMar so much, I feel like they're vindicated. Mm-hmm. I feel like the rest of the nation was like, what are you talking about? You just got Kawhi and a bunch of Raptors fans were like, you don't understand. Um, if Toronto actually lost that trade, what if DeRozan goes uh, on? They, to they the got a chip out of it. They come on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, but 
Yeah. DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> who's to say that DeMar DeRozan will not be more productive from this point on compared to Kawhi Leonard? If the I mean, Bulls end with the number one seed, you have to consider him at least because yeah. he's the biggest change. Yep. So. Um, being in San Antonio like helped him be a real distributor, like a legit oh, kind of yeah. running offense. Um, and a dude that doesn't need to hit threes to be effective and efficient and to keep the ball moving. It's amazing. He's so cool. Yes, I know, man. He is. He's, he's been. And he really thought good. the Lakers had signed him. He was like, yeah, I, you know, pretty much thought it was <laughs> a done deal. And nope. Shit. Yeah. Um, All right. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. Let's get it. Let's get into these teams. Okay. I just had one thought uh, from it's my Pistons thought for the pod. Mm. Yes. I yeah. always play on Sundays. So they got their asses handed to them by Phoenix earlier today. It's fine. That's all part of the plan. Cade got ejected in the third quarter after he did a reverse dunk over. Um, I don't even remember number 10 on Phoenix. I forget who that is. Oh, Smith, um, I believe. Oh the, yeah. The yeah, big yeah. man. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, and then Cade pointed. And when I was watching, I thought he was like pointing to the crowd. Uh, maybe he was pointing at the dude. He just dunked over, but they tossed him. <laughs> he got a tech. Um, so that That's... was cool. That was as a Pistons fan. I don't care about how this game ends. Like my, yeah. my man, my new boyfriend is tough and fucking gets ejected. Sometimes let's go stuns bad boys. Last well, just and I'll I'll say one thing though. We spoke about the rookie of the year race a few weeks ago, and I said Wagner I thought was ahead of Cade, and you disagreed at the time. I have you come around to the Wagner show? Well, I'm all about you love Wagner, Wagner too. Yeah, you love sure. Wagner, but as far as Wagner ahead of Cade on the rookie of the year in the rookie of the year race. I think when it's all said and done, Cade is going to be going to look like a legit franchise player at the end of the season. He just keeps getting better with every single game. So I think he's actually maybe going to run away with it. Unless Scotty Barnes, like, because Scotty Barnes has been amazing too. He's, he's, wait, wait. So you don't, so, so you don't think Mobley has pretty much won it already? I think he's, Maybe not going to play enough games. I forget. I I haven't looked at his games played recently. He missed some games, um, but he's he's been healthy as of late. I think. Yeah, and Cade missed games too. Um, I don't want Mobley to get it. <laughs> I want Cade to get it. Uh, also, Cade just keeps getting more and more responsibility. So I don't know. I would put Cade there. Um, Franz, even though I love him, and his brother Mo Wagner almost got into a fight the other night. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, No, no, Mobley's been great lately. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mobley continues to put up his 16, 7, and and 3.5 assists. You know, over two stops. And Rondo hasn't even played. Or he played one game. Like, the Cavs might do something interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, All right, let's, 
Let's talk Raptors. Yeah, we had a challenge game. It was Spurs at Raptors. We're not really going to talk about the game because it was two weeks ago. Um, Just quickly, the Raptors beat the Spurs 129 to 104. Uh, DeJounte Murray did not play. Fred Van Vliet went nuts. He had 33 points, 7 of 14 from 3. Siakam went 18, 12, and 5. Devin Vassell played okay. Uh, Yeah. We don't really need to talk about the game. Um, you want to start with the Raptors. Sure. So um, Van Vliet has been incredible lately. He's like almost like the new Dame Lillard kind of, right? Like as a guy who has the ball in his hands, can pull up from anywhere, off the dribble, you can catch and shoot, um, smaller guard. Top 10 on the player rater, I think. He has been insane. Um if you acquired Van Vliet, you know, at the beginning of the year, you are that is paying dividends. If you have him in a dynasty yeah. league, I mean, this guy was on waivers in our league like two years ago. And our league is pretty deep. Um, but yeah, he's just been insane. Um, Siakam has been just he's really, been really so great good back. Yeah. 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 I mean, he had a triple double. Um, he's flirting with the triple double, like almost every night his, in, in the last yeah. couple, last few games, he's averaging like 27 points, 10 rebounds and seven assists, getting you two stocks. Um, he's been incredible. Barnes has missed some games lately. Um, and his scoring has been down, but he's another guy who's going to like kind of contribute like Siakam across the board. Um, and he's almost averaging a steal and a block. He might be a yeah. stock guy. No, no, he's, he's a guy who does it all. Um, Gary Trent's out right now, I think maybe in COVID protocol, or maybe he's just day to day. Um, he, he's putting up volume. He's shooting poorly, especially lately, but he's going to put up volume. Um, and Boucher, you know, a guy that we still, I still don't understand why he's owned in almost like 60% of leagues or whatever, but he has played a lot more lately and he's become more relevant. Um, you know, and then there's OG, right? So OG was hurt for a while. OG has come back he hasn't been great but he's been all right he's been solid um you know and, and i know og's a guy that we we all have liked for years uh, but i like that they have like a lot of just like wing talent and you know van vliet kind of running the show and then there's this other guy um i don't know if you know anything about him but champagne he seems yeah. to be like playing minutes um you know even more so than like precious and chua a little bit so i don't know what are your thoughts on the on the you know we the north so obviously agree with all of what you just said and OG is just yeah he has been he's never been a boyfriend cuz I've never I don't think I've had him on my main team ever but he's he's right there he's a, he's one got away yeah. Uh, okay, big picture. The Raptors are 21 and 19. They're eighth in the East. Like this is a for real team. We're halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Uh this is strangely a team that could make a trade to get better right now. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., like you said, he's averaging 16-2-2 two and two in fantasy. He's been top 100, um, mm-hmm. you know, because of the volume. Uh, I kind of feel like the Raptors in real life are sort of thin, even though they have a deep front court. Like, they have Boucher, they have Achua, Yuta Watanabe has been playing recently, Ken Birch is still there, who I've liked in other circumstances. I thought Malachi Flynn was going to have a big role this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
Uh, Delano Banton is there. Svima Kyliuk. They still have Goran Dragic. Yeah, it seems like they're, they'll do anything to not really play him. Um, uh, well, I think they agreed. Like, we're going to try to trade you. Um, I, you know, so there's just... rumors that he wants to play with Luca, but like, what? I mean, Dallas wants to get better too. So, what are they sending back? And is it something mm-hmm. that Toronto would want? Toronto definitely likes to play their wings and just do six, seven, and taller out there sometimes. Yep. Like when when FVV sits, they're like, let's just go wings. Five yeah, and they and they have and they have like a bunch of wings who can do can facilitate a little bit and like are comfortable yeah. passing the ball. So like when you have all three of those guys in like OG Barnes and Siakam, um, you know you can get away with not having like a true number two ball handler. Um, but you know the rumor has been all season that they were going to potentially trade Siakam and he's been playing great for them. So like, yeah, I don't know. Do you really want to trade him? I kind of, I really like what they have with the, the, I think the four guys they have to build around with Vliet, Van Vliet and those three wings. I, I like it a lot. Well, let me give you some possibly bad news. Uh, the bench for the Toronto Raptors scores the least in the NBA and they have the worst three point percentage as a unit. That's not actual good news. Like that's, that means you're thin. Um, They're 21 and 19. Like I said, they have the 12th best offensive rating on the year, the 17th best defensive. Uh, They have the 27th best field goal percentage, which means they Mm -hmm. suck. Mm -hmm. They take the 17th most threes per game and they have the 20th, best three-point percentage so they take a bunch and they miss a lot uh they get to the line 17th most in the league and they have the 24th best free throw percentage so they're not hitting their shots at the line they're 14th in drives per game as a team they have the worst finishing rate on drives in the nba they cannot finish at the rim which surprised Mm -hmm. me as a team um they they have a lot of but they have a lot of you know kind of unfinished guys offensively so doesn't surprise me all that much i mean some of those numbers are a little worse than what i would have expected but you know uh, scotty barnes sometimes is going to come and go um we know that with we know that with uh that with siakam too right like sometimes his jump shot is just like it's not it, it he left it at home and um, so I get that. And um, but I still think that in a league where you value positionless like length on the perimeter, I, I still I'd like to see what those three guys can do. I think some of that, what I just said, them being so bad at finishing on drives, I think some of that is noise because Fred's small comparatively. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little bit like he's a good finisher, but um it's just like a combination of all these things. And it's this team is in good position to get better. Like no matter what they do, if they don't make a trade, presumably their impressive, talented youth will get better. If they do make a trade to actually get better, maybe they could be like a real second round threat just because of how fucking versatile they are. Um, Van Vliet is for real. Yeah, he is. Pascal is playing like he's for real. He's also playing like, maybe good enough where you can be like, all right, we could get something real in return for him. 
and then Scotty Barnes gets to be our four next year. Um, they have all that front court debt. Like Ken Birch doesn't need to be on this team. I mean, they have stuff they can do. Gary Trent Jr. doesn't really need to be on the team. They need it. They need another ball handler, another guard that can handle the ball. And um, like Demar Derozan. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah. Who who would that be though? I mean, there's been rumors of Ben Simmons and Siakam, you know, kind of being a, a package that maybe those teams. I don't think Siakam's a great fit in Philly, um, yeah. but but supposedly um, that's been floated. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure who. It's hard to say. Like, who's really? I mean, you know, maybe maybe they should consider giving the guys on their own team a shot, um, but. You know, I they don't want to give Dragic any any. They don't want to roll with Dragic, so I'm not sure. I yeah, I mean, I think Dragic is there to try to f- help facilitate a trade if they want to make one, or maybe mm-hmm. get a draft pick out of somebody. Um, but I I think it's a sound foundation. I think that the team is better than its peripherals actually say that it is. Like, I do think that they're a playoff team right now in the East, just because a bunch yeah. of the other teams don't look like they can play defense or very physically at all. Uh, so let's talk about the other team, the loser mm-hmm. of that game, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, what, what are you, where are they? They're, they're 12th in the West. Yep. So Spurs, the guys, you know, that, you know, obviously it, it all starts with Murray. What a difference he makes. He, so he was not in that challenge game we watched. And then I watched him, I think it was like two nights later against Boston. And he was, it's just like, he's just got it, man. Like he's really becoming a franchise player. Um, you know, he is top 25 finisher. player Raider, by the way, this dude yeah. is oh, always like incredible. double digit scoring and then nine and eight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think he has probably like five triple doubles maybe this year. He's um, he's been great, and he he's been a closer for them. Like he is like one of the best in the and crunch time, um, statistically. So um, he's been incredible. Um, he's a guy that I did not see this coming from this year. I thought he was a good player. I didn't know he was going to be a great player, but he's definitely a great player. Um, Jakob Pertle underrated a little bit you know like I know Raptor, he's not, right? not that he was in the DeRozan trade yeah he revenge second game. piece yeah so <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> yeah it was DeRozan and Pirtle oh man that's amazing um so Pirtle yeah the last the last remaining piece from that trade um doesn't really get mentioned a lot but he's been really solid this year and I I don't know yeah. he's a guy that I was high on when he was with the Raptors for his shot blocking um, he doesn't like have explosive games where he's going to score a ton of points, but he's, he doesn't really like have bad shooting nights either because he's not going to like try to do too much and not and take something that doesn't come to him within the flow of the, the game. Um, Bryn Forbes has been scoring a little bit more lately. Like I think he's in the mid teens, but he does like nothing else. Um, like he, yeah. he has like no other counting stats, your boy, Devin Vassell. I he's 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 been rebounding a little bit more lately and he's mm-hmm. obviously been a great a great source of stocks. I think he's like 1.8 stocks around there. Um and then Keldon Johnson is a guy that I thought 
I was, you know, I was really hoping that him coming off the team USA, he was going to kind of take it to the next level, but he's just been like really inconsistent. He's playing better in the last like month than he was to start the season, but he does nothing on defense or as a passer. So I, I'm, I don't know. I want to see Keldon, like if you're going to be just a score guy who like gets rebounds, like I want to see him get closer to 20 points a game. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with him there, but he's been okay. And then, like um, that, the rookie Josh Primo's played a little bit more lately, so that's that's mm-hmm. worth noting. I like seeing that. No Thad Young, yeah. by the way, everybody. I know that was top yeah. of mind. Like, but what of Thad? Yeah, Thad <laughs> fucking play. Um, Kelton Johnson, forty-four percent from three, which blew me away. Um, yeah, I think that he and this whole team really suffer from the fact that it's the Spurs, and you know they're trying to play real team basketball. Like DeJounte, I mean, he's not averaging over 20 a game. You know, he's 19, 8, and 9. No. Um, we didn't even mention Lonnie only, Walker, another guy. Yeah. Uh, like, they just have all these dudes, and everyone yeah. scores between, like, 12 and 20 points per game. Um, but they do it efficiently. So they have the 12th best team field goal percentage. Very Spursy. Um, mm-hmm. They take the 29th, so second least amount of three-point attempts per game. They have the 12th best three-point percentage. So they don't take okay. as many threes, That's old but they school. take most of them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. They have bad free throw percentages. You know, what are you going to do? Um, they're third in drives per game, which sort of makes sense. Like, if you're not going to shoot a lot of threes, you're going to try to penetrate a lot. Yeah, with Murray, especially, yeah. right? I mean... For all like Keldon Johnson's a big boy, dude. Like that guy. Yeah, he is. No, he's, he's, a, he's a power forward. He can play the four. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, I, I I just and I'm not I'm not down on Keldon Johnson. I just thought that he was going to kind of like take that leap this year. Sure. Um, and I haven't really seen that yet. I mean, no one really gets featured, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, you're right. There is no there's no guy. Um, I mean, Derek White, I think, was supposed to sort of be like one of their quote unquote scorers. Uh, he's shooting 30% from three for the year. He's he had a nice game. His first game back, he had a yeah, really nice game, did. though. And he's top 50 on the player raider, but that's because he's averaging a steal and a block per game. Um, so he's been highly inefficient this this season, but you get all the counting stats, so it's fine. Um, DeJounte's at 33% from three. Like there's, I mean, Doug McDermott is on this team for no reason. I would be trying to trade him in real life if I was there. Uh, Lonnie Walker is 11, two and two with over a three per game. It's like, that's what, that's like the floor. Yeah, everybody. That's, that's like what everyone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like everyone gets like one or two assists at least. I mean, Devin Vassell is a top 150 player and he's averaging 11 and four, you know, mm-hmm. but it's because he gets the steals and at least a three per game. Um, it's such a fucking boring team which is fine. That's absolutely yeah. fine. Uh, they're not very good uh, because they don't really have a dude that can just take over a game, I think. So, uh, like, DeJounte might get there, but he's not there yet. Um, and Derek White disappointed. You know, like, I think that they could have a couple more wins, realistically, if a few things go a little bit differently. But, um, you know, they're they're a team that could definitely make a trade to either get better or to get worse. Like I yeah. wouldn't be joined at the hip with Derek White. If someone gives me something good or, you know, good draft picks, it'd be like, all right, yeah, that's cool. Yep. 
Uh, I still feel like Ben Simmons on the Spurs with DeJounte would be interesting, but I just don't know if like the Spurs have enough to give to the Sixers. I don't know. Who cares? I don't think so. Like I wouldn't want to trade DeJounte and that's about it. Everybody else I could conceivably see in a trade. Yeah. Get them, get rid of all of them. Who cares? I, I mean, except for Primo, of course, because he's like 14 years old. <laughs> it's illegal to trade him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enough Spurs. I mean, I was glad it, it would have been fun to have DeJounte in that game. Like, it would have been a much better yeah, game. Yeah, no, that would have been a much better game. Um, yeah. But like I said, he came back like a day or two later. And right. Great. Okay. So, our focus team is the Washington Wizards, a team that started hot and then got cold fast. They are now 22-21. and 21. They are the ninth seed in the East. They have the 20th offensive rating, the 22nd defensive rating, so they are literally mediocre, but they have the fifth best team field goal percentage. Brandon, thoughts on the Wizards? Yeah, um... Wizards, I I think they have you know a fair amount of talent. Um, they you know Bradley Beal. It all starts with Beal, right? Um, he's still a killer, but he's in COVID <laughs> protocol right now, so he's out. So it's a little more democratic. Kyle Kuzma has been taking advantage. He's been on fire. He had a twenty-seven point twenty-two rebound game the other day. He was one assist shy of a triple double. Like two nights later, um, he has four double doubles in his last five games. He's kind of stepped up and been like you know, the, the guy, um, Spencer did when he is back, he's been playing really well. Um, you know, he's taking advantage like while Bill's out and, um, I'm, I'm really interested to see like what happens. That was kind of the storyline of this season was like for the wizards was what's power, you know, Dinwiddie and Beal. Like I, I'm really intrigued by that because they're both like combo guards. They can both run the one or play the two. They're both tall. Dinwiddie, I think is like six, six and Beal's like six, four. Um, so I, I want to see those guys healthy at the same time and play because I do think they have a lot of potential. And then, like, the big man, it's like they have a ton of bigs right now. So Hachimura yeah. and Thomas Bryant are both back. And then they have Harrell, who just came back, um, still have Gafford. So mm-hmm. it's like they're all playing kind of, you know, I think Harrell's still playing, like, real minutes. But the other three guys are all playing, like, 15 minutes a game. So we'll see what happens with those with those bigs. Um, you know, Gafford was was playing was the starter, but Thomas Bryan is back, so we'll see if he kind of reclaims that spot. And then Hachimura is a guy that they were you know kind of high on, and, um, and I think they're going to give him an opportunity. So you know, the Wizards, I think they have a lot of talent. Um, their rookie uh, Kispert, he's been playing a little bit. Um, they still have Abija. So, you know, they have they have some talent there. They have those two guards that I think can really, you know, do some damage. Um, but they've just been inconsistent and, you know, they have to kind of figure out who the guys are and kind of probably to, to close out the game and figure out like what's that real core lineup gonna be. They also still have the Latvian laser Davis Bertans. They do. They signed for big money and is a total whiff. Uh, in 29 mm-hmm. games played this year, he is a 34 three-point percentage. Okay, some cold water. Bradley, kind of a big deal. 24, 4, and 6 on the season. He is shooting under 30% from three. 
In fact, he's shooting five and a half threes per game and making them at a 29.8% rate. 29.8. That is the third worst three-point percentage of the 77 players in the NBA who average at least five and a half three-point attempts per game. Third worst pretty, of 77. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, the backcourt mate, who's averaging 14, 4, and 5, and is also averaging over one three-pointer made per game, he too is shooting 32% from three-point, as is Kyle Kuzma, who's averaging 15, 8, and 3 with over a three made per game, but 32 from three. Um, Denny Avdija can't hit threes. He's shooting at a 20 point, 29.8% rate. Like he's not really doing anything. He, he's, he, he's been disappointing. It's uh, it's like Contavious called Will Pope is the only dude that can shoot from outside right now. Um, they are above 500. They're 22 and 21, but they suck, man. Like this team, yeah. oh yeah, didn't say they were a good team. Just said uh, that, but I do like these guys from a volume standpoint. I agree. Oh, yeah, sure. they're definitely not. Montrez Harrell is a top one hundred player in fantasy. Um, you know, he's averaging fourteen seven and two. He's a sixty five field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they just got to clear out some of this shit. You could get a lot for KCP. Um, the like. <sighs> whatever we don't need to talk about the lakers i think kuz is someone you keep um you know dinwiddie is it, you signed him so fine keep him around but like i don't give a shit about the front court at all like if you want to get rid of montrez and sell high on him i'm fine with that i don't care about yeah. uh daniel is montrez is, is i don't care perennial... about Danny. i don't care about Rui. i don't care about any of them yeah but Harold's the, is the perennial, like, you just, you know, he's a guy you keep until you can trade him for something, right? Totally. And, and Thomas Bryant, before are. he got injured last year, was actually doing well from outside shooting to compensate he's, for Russell Westbrook. So, I, like, he could come back and be a pleasant surprise. But I don't know, man. That's You have so much stuff. You are, like, technically deep. It's just like who cares? Like what? What's the ceiling for this team? You get destroyed in the second round, but I I would be trying to consolidate. And you know, it seems like they love Avdija, so cool. That's great. Uh, Rui's back, but he can't shoot from outside. Yeah. That's... No, agreed. They they they've got to do better. But um, from a fantasy standpoint, I do think there are some a lot of interesting guys here. Uh, like I said, they're more volume. He's number been, 101 he's been, on the player rater for the season, yeah, and he's, he's under 10 percent rostered. He's been good. If you need steals and threes, pick up KCP. Yep. Agreed. Um, right. I don't. That's that's all I have on the Wizards. Okay, I I had one more thing. Like Beal, this he. Like he, it's definitely not the Beal from last season, but no. if he still wants to resign with you, and it seems like he does, then I sort of feel like you start planning that now. Like there's no real reason to wait. If you think that you can make a better roster around Beal to go for next year, then I would be trying to do that. Like maybe, 
I don't know. Can you get Jeremy Grant from the Pistons? You know, like, could you, I don't know. Like, would you want Kristaps Porzingis? I don't Does that make sense with Beal. I don't know. I like Kristaps as a player, but I, I don't want him on my team. Sure. Fair enough. So yeah, they're, but they're going to have to do something because you can't just go into next season with like this overstuffed front court where no one might be good. Yeah. Agree. All right. Are you ready to move on to ads? Let's do it. Okay. You go first or wait a second. Did you, did we do the new challenge game? Did we pick one? Uh, I was going to give you that at the end. Oh, okay, cool. Then right on. Okay, go ahead, sir. Give us some ads. All right, so a couple ads for my shallow leagues. Um, these guys are, you know, it's the first guy, a guy we've discussed at nauseum, uh, Jalen Brunson, 61% owned. He's a real point guard. Um, he scores, <laughs> he distributes, you know, he plays smart. He's out there to, like, try to win the game. Um, last week he's averaging 16 points, five rebounds, five assists and two steals. Uh, you know, we've talked, we've probably mentioned him, I don't know, four or five times on this mm-hmm. show at this point. Um, I'm not saying he's a hundred percent own guy, but I think he's valuable in pretty much all leagues. Uh, so, you know, if you're in a shallow league, you're looking for someone, I'm really high on Brunson, and I, and I don't think that he's had his minutes are in jeopardy at all. No matter what happens, he can with, play with, with Luca like no yes. problem. Like they mm-hmm. they do play well off of each other, so it's not like they're staggered minutes as much. Yeah. Um. I yeah, I love him. I think he's totally great. Uh, but like that could also just be the perfect role and team for him. You know, like yeah. uh, yeah. so. Pick him up because it yeah. might not. Th- this might be the best of all possible worlds. Yeah, and then the other guy uh, owned in and slightly less, but this guy is probably the hottest guy on the player radar right now, and that's Anthony Simons. Um, he's thirty-seven percent owned. I think he's up like I think he was like ten percent owned a week ago. Yeah, um, so since the start of the year, um, he's basically putting up like Trey Young numbers: twenty-eight points, eight rebounds. Um, he's been, he's the lead guard there right now. And, um, he's, we, we've been waiting for this. I mean, I know I had him on my team like two years ago and I, and I'm, you know, we've been waiting, we'll see if he can maintain it, but he has been incredible and he's the, you know, the most productive guy that is owned, um, you know, that in that few percentage of leagues. And I think CJ is coming back soon. Um, so that might make, Anthony's life easier because uh, he's the yeah. starting point guard while Dame's out and Dame might be out for the rest of the season. So yep. um, this is, I mean, the team is high on some of these young players that they have. Otherwise they would have included them in deals from the rumors anyway. Um, so we're going to, it's going to be tough for trailblazers fans, except if Anthony actually pops, then this could be like a nice pleasant surprise. So yeah, he he must be rostered. He's going to get so much goddamn fucking volume. Uh and I have Dame on my team. I am not expecting him to play again this season. Yeah. Unless the Blazers I mean, go I mean, on an unexpected like big ass run 
and suddenly find themselves a playoff contention again. But I really don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't. Like they're going to keep saying like, oh yeah, he's still working on it. Uh, you know, his abdomen still hurts a little bit. We don't need to rush him back and then it'll be the end of the season. But what? Yeah. All right. What about you? Okay. I have a guy that just needs to be rostered. Uh, Josh Hart of the Nolens Pallies, mm-hmm. under 50% rostered in ESPN leagues. He's top 100 on the player rater for the year, top 75 over the past month. He is averaging 17, 8, and 4 with over a steal per game, over a 3 per game, and better than a 52% field goal percentage over the last month. He simply must be rostered. He's one of the best fantasy players going. It is fantasy crime that he is not nearly double his roster ownership. Um, If he's available in your league and you don't pick him up, you really have to ask yourself what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a guy that he just continues to produce. And like we said, he's just an amazing rebounder at that position. So you can count on like, even if his jumper is not falling, he's going to rebound and he's probably going to do, you know, give you a couple assists and maybe a steal. So like, he's a guy that has a pretty high floor, um, but lately has been like, you know, scoring and doing a little bit of it all. And he's been a guy who was, you know, he was good with the Lakers. Um, So, you know, this isn't like, you know, the first time we've heard of him, like he's been a good player. It's just been about more about opportunity with him. Okay. The next, I'm going to give you four dudes at once for my next. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. This is all based on a criteria. All these guys are less than 25% rostered in ESPN leagues. There are 18, one, eight, 18 players in the NBA who have had who these are total stats who have at least 80 80 three pointers made so far this season and have hit them at a and then at least 38% three point percentage have at least 10 blocks and also have are shooting at least 40% from the floor so they take a bunch of threes they sink them efficiently They get you some nice counting stats on the side with some blocks and they're efficient from the floor. Only 18 players are being that efficient this year with the blocks. They are Contavious Caldwell Pope, Patty Mills, Cam Johnson, and Malik Monk. All four of those dudes need to be picked up in fantasy. Contavious Caldwell Pope, KCP, who's number 101 on the player Raider, like we said earlier, he's 8% rostered. Patty Mills, who has to be picked up and rostered everywhere because, again, Durant is out. Number 93 on the player Raider for the season. Uh, 20% rostered, averaging 13-2-3 with over three three-pointers made over the past month. Malik Monk, who's doing so well on the Lakers right now, number 45 on the player Raider over the past month, averaging 18-3-2 with over a block and over three three-pointers made. And Cam Johnson on Phoenix, who nobody knows but is a sensational player, he's only 12% rostered, averaging 16-5-1 over the past month, over a steal per game, over three three-pointers made per game, 52% shooting from the floor. That's fucking efficiency. He is sinking those threes so smartly, so smooth. Uh, Gets to the basket. Uh, 
like they're just making all the right decisions. All these dudes are great from outside going in. Um, None of them are rostered as highly as they should be. And they're all vital to how their teams are working. Like Cam Johnson is the least vital, I think, and he needs to play. He's in, he's sensational. Yeah, Cam Johnson, so we, we spoke about him recently, and, you know, he's a guy, he's like a true 3 and D. He's like the yeah. what everyone wants right now. Um, and he's been so valuable for them, and uh, he gets overlooked a little bit because of Mikel Bridges, but mm-hmm. – he is like just deadly from the corner and his three pointer is he can, and he can extend it out. Like he, he he'll take a deep three. Um, but he's also like really big. He's like six, eight, but he's like kind of built and he'll get to the basket. He won't always settle for the three. Um, like if, you know, if they close out hard on him, like he'll pump fake and like get inside and maybe do something in the mid range or like try to draw a foul. Um, so I'm really high on him too. Like not just for, for fantasy, uh, but I, I could see that guy as like a starter in the NBA oh, and like G Crowder, and like what putting up like real numbers? Yeah, goddamn right, man. I'm yeah. so impressed with that team. I hate their owner so much, but the Suns are so good. Devin Booker just beat the shit out of the Pistons earlier. I don't know if I mentioned. Didn't they? And didn't they get both of those guys in the same draft? Cam Johnson yeah. and and, uh, and and Mikael Bridges. Dude, Mikhail Bridges should be on the Sixers. It's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like you got two of the best three and D guys like in the same draft. Like, Incredible. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, like he's so super impressive, uh, Cam Johnson, and he should be available in your league. Um, everybody else makes sort of. Uh, we've talked about them already. Uh, do you have some others? Yeah, so this is my my second group. Um, so these are my my under thirty percent owned, you know, in, in most leagues. Um, and then I I'll, I'll after this I'll, I'll give you some. Uh, after you go, I'll give you my my under five percent. But my under thirty percent, I have three guys, so I'll give them all to you. Um, one guy, you know, we both love him, Mister Yurt Seven. Um, he's still twenty two percent owned. He's about as automatic of a double doubles like anyone in the NBA right now. Um, he's, he, since, since January 3rd, he's also averaging over four assists a game. I think he had like an eight assist game. Like he's, he might give you, you know, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he got, if this guy puts up a triple double, uh, but he's an, almost an automatic double, double. His rebounding has been incredible. Um, the second guy, 18% owned Alex Burks, uh, He's putting up 14, seven and five lately, flirting with triple doubles, getting a lot of rebounds, you know, still kind of in that facilitator role uh, for the, for the Knicks. So, you know, he's, he's going to give you, like I said, he's scoring in the mid teens and he's, he's going to give you some fairly consistent assists and now he's rebounding. So at 18%, um, that's a guy I like, you know, in the short term, um, we'll see kind of how his role develops, but I think he's, he's valuable. And then the last one, Herbert Jones, 15%. We talked about him before. Um, Almost two and a half stocks per game on the season. And his scoring as as of late, he's like at 13 points per game in the the last couple weeks. So um, any guy that's going to give you like almost two and a half stocks and can score over 10 points a game, I think that, you know, he has some value too. Like don't forget about the stocks, guys. Like at no point we get get all enamored with points, rebounds, and assists, but like, 
those, but like steals and blocks are just as valuable. So, you know, a guy like Herb Jones, 15% owned, but he's like pretty elite on the defensive side. And when you can start with the peripheral defensive counting stats, and then you suddenly get a dude who's like, oh shit, I can score too. Like that's just gravy. That is unreal. He's been a top 30 player over the past month. Like maybe his scoring doesn't keep up, but it's probably going to be better than when it started. And for a rookie, that's just fantastic. He's that whole goddamn team is such a great story. It's awesome. I can't wait to see what those guys can do. They're in third place in the West. They overtook Utah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Herb Jones. Yeah. Wait, I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the Grizzlies. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. The Pelicans Herb are Jones not in the third Pelicans. place. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. The Grizzlies have been amazing. No, Herb Jones on the on the Pelicans. We should also talk about Brandon Ingram at some point, since he's playing just sexual right now. Uh and still no Zion. Herb Jones is top seventy on the year. And it's those stocks, like you said. Yeah. You have any other guys? I do. I need to mention Golden Gary Harris before I ask you a question. Uh, Golden Gary is another dude who's top 30 over the past month. He's averaging 17, two and two with over a steal per game, more than two, three pointers made per game. They're just giving him run in Orlando and. What's his ownership? It is 7% rostered for Golden Gary Harris. I kind of feel like he could get moved. His defense is still good, and now he's scoring, so maybe he's over all of his injuries. Um, But maybe the Magic also just want to keep him. I don't know. But he is super available. I have him on my team, and he's been extremely helpful during some games. Um, K-Love is still out there, by the way, and he's been a top one player. Um, okay. The question I have though, because you mentioned Burks earlier, so the Knicks and the Hawks made that trade mm-hmm. and now Deandre Hunter and Cam Reddish, the two rookies that were taken, um, by the Hawks have been split up. Deandre Hunter is 11% rostered. He's back. He's starting. Cam Reddish is 9% rostered. At least on the Knicks depth chart, he is not a starter. Right now, yep. he's coming off the bench. DeAndre Hunter's averaged 14-1-1 in the three games since he came back. Cam Reddish has averaged 11-2-1 with over a steal per game on the season, and he's shooting 38% from three. Um, which one would you want if you could only have one? And what do you think Cam's role will be on the Knicks? I was wondering that. So when I saw that trade, so for this season, I, I like Hunter more um, for the exact reason you just mentioned. I just – I don't know what Cam's role is on, on this team. With it that might said, be the exact same as it was in Atlanta. Yeah, it might be. But with that said, I think when you trade for a guy, generally speaking, you think they're going to give him – they're going to want to kick the tires on him, right? I yes. would think if you traded for this guy, you want to see what he can do. Yeah. Um, you also have the dynamic of him and RJ Barrett. So like yeah. you want to see what they can do together being as that they've played together and they chose to play together in college. 
And clearly they, you know, hopefully that means they have a good relationship, right? And they could, they'll stick to get, stick in New York together. Um, I think he gets a shot, but agreed. There's a lot of wing depth on this team and like, he's not going to start. They signed Fournier. Um, they have Barrett. It's like, they're, it's like, where does, what's his role? Unless you go with like, a, you know, a three wing lineup maybe, but yeah, I like I like Hunter more for this season, assuming he's like healthy. Right, which is a big if for him a so far. Um, mm-hmm. But his defense is going to help the Hawks in ways that won't show up in fantasy. And I think that'll keep his role secure, even though they still have a bunch of dudes. Cam Reddish can shoot well from outside. Like he's supposed to be a scorer. He's just been taking so many long twos like our podcast this season and they're just like the hardest things in the world. And you're like, this is almost, it looks like you want out. Like you're just some of these shots, like you just shouldn't be taking. And it just sort of looks like you want out. Um, I don't think the Hawks would trade him would have traded him if they didn't realize that like, okay, you don't want to be here. Your role is never going to be big enough. Um, now that he's in New York playing for, I mean, Fibs is going to start an actual point guard. It's he's old school like that, but I do think that RJ and cam on defense will be interesting. Like, I think he'll play mm-hmm. them together. Um, and I think that RJ or RJ, I think that cam will have a better shot selection. Like he's not going to try to piss people off, you know, like maybe he'll, pass out of some of those bad mid-range shots um he was a high draft pick he was supposed to be the best out of those three when they were high school recruits right i think so and i think barrett you know was 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 pretty highly touted too but yeah he was all three of those guys um, were really good but yeah i mean the pedigree is sky high and you know like if he can score for the knicks then they'll love him yeah, and it's a good it's a good I think it's a good landing spot for him yeah but I, as far I, as as far as like market um I don't I just but agreed what, what is what's his role um but yeah we'll see but you know especially because Kemba hasn't been consistent to be polite about it like <laughs> Cam Cam could have a really big role is just you're the scorer off the bench like you come in yeah. microwave like it's your ball just try to do what you can um, because sometimes scoring for the Knicks is still just so goddamn pulling teeth. Uh, and hopefully Cam brings energy too. Like sometimes the Knicks just look lethargic. Um, RJ has looked better recently, you know, like now you got your friend. Like, I don't think this happens if they didn't want to play together, like you said. So I don't know, maybe it could be good vibes and maybe like the Knicks gave up really nothing to try to take on a guy with mucho mucho pedigree so i yeah they gave <laughs> up a guy who who they, they, they've already declared as a bust right so yeah like i i don't know if we'll see kevin knox play in the nba again um at mm-hmm. least for a while uh and in the meantime you know the hawks clear out some of their log jam yeah uh and maybe buy a few points with the agents um Okay. Do I have anyone else? Do you have anybody else anymore? Yeah, I still have I still have my under five okay. percent. Oh yeah, guys. go for that. 
All right. So my, my under five, I have three. Um, first one is Amir Coffey, um yes. on the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, not going to get too in-depth on his stats, but he's 3% owned and he's playing. And I watched a little bit of their game and the announcer the other night said, coffee to the cup. It's nice. Joe time. Nice. Dude, yeah. and like someone has to play for that team. You know, Dookie yeah. has been out. Paul George might not be back this season. Uh, the Morris twin is scoring 20 a game. Uh, it's like... People, Which we talked about, right? We said Morris was going to was going to have a shot to really start putting up big points. You so, were more, yeah, coffee. I, but yeah, I, like I'm trusting you with these Clippers ads because you have been right. Uh, well, you know, he's the flavor of the of the week. Um, another a guy we've spoken about a few times, Nas Little, three percent owned. Uh, last last two weeks, he's putting up fourteen points, five rebounds, and two and a half three pointers. Um, so 3% means available pretty much everywhere. You know, if you, if you want a guy who fits that profile, some, some scoring, some rebounding and three pointers, you know, he's a guy who's available and, um, there's going to be an opportunity, you know, we might see, I, it doesn't look like CJ is going to get traded, but you know, it looks like they're going to play these young guys because this season is kind of a wrap for them. Um, yeah, he, I mean, it, you, you would think. Oh, like it would be very Portland if they went on like a nine game winning streak. Like it would. Um, can we, I, sorry, I just wanted to say one more thing about coffee. Uh, the reason why I loved that wreck is that the Clippers could be falling. If Paul George doesn't come back, the Clippers could play off contention, which means that they could sell all their vets. And they have quite a few of them, like Bledsoe could be gone. Kennard could be gone. Morris could be gone. Like, everyone could be gone. But Amir Coffey is right there, getting all yeah. the minutes he wants, all the shots he can handle. Like, he might be a pickup for volume, not yeah. just, like, for the long run, not just as someone, you know, who gets, you know, a nice month of production. Well, he scored over eight. He scored eighteen or more points in three of his last four games, and during that span, um, he's he's averaged over five rebounds and like over four assists. So, um, you know, he's he's been productive, and he's he's getting some steals. Um, you know, his last two weeks, he has sixteen points, five rebounds, four assists, one and a half steals. So, dude, um, it's like if Paul George isn't going to come back, and they're not going to make the playoffs, then why would Kawhi? You know, so it could just be a kind of you know, uh, David Robinson Spurs situation where it's like you're a good team, but you have the opportunity to tank because your star's out, and then you get Tim Duncan in the draft. Um, like I, I would be selling off spare pe- I I think I would tell Paul George not this year. Like, just because yeah. you could really get right. something. I mean, they have like Marcus Morris is a for real player. That's a, a yeah. guy score yeah. twenty. He can score 20. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have one, one last guy, 2% on Justin holiday from the Pacers. Uh, sure. last, last two weeks, 13 points, two and a half rebounds, two assists with three, three pointers. Um, not a cred- incredibly efficient, but you know, if you're looking for volume two per- like I say, he's 2% owned. Um, so he's, he's available. And, you know, again, we talk about pedigree. I mean, who has more pedigree than the, than the Holiday Brothers, right? So, um, you know, all of them seem to just, it seems like there's a new one every few years. 
Yeah, totally. There's going to be like seven at one time, like with <laughs> yeah. and everybody else, which will be awesome. Because there have been like twice, I think, they, two of them have been on the same team, right? Okay. So there's I the think... holidays and then there's the grants competing totally. for like volume in the NBA. Okay, actually, can we end with this? Jeremy Grant has been out for a while. Um, he's also a trade rumor target. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. You, you're the Pistons guy. You tell me. I mean, I've heard this this trade rumor all year, but who's who's doing these trades? We I thought there was going to be a lot of activity, but no one seems to be pulling the trigger right now. So I don't know. Like, I think one of the reasons why it's a little quiet and the Ben Simmons thing is so weird is because Embiid doesn't really seem to care. He's like, yeah, man, well, we're a good team without Simmons and and even though he's dead weight. So you don't need to rush, which is kind of an incredible thing to say when Embiid is playing this well. Like, yeah. I don't care about wasting a roster spot while I'm having an MVP season. Um, the Trailblazers are probably out of it, but you can't trade Dame. So that means that they're probably sellers and they're not going to be buyers, but Dame was the piece. Maybe you can move CJ. Who knows? The clips are out of it. Um, Like, I don't, this is going to be a weird trade season because perennial playoff teams are at least two of them are now gone. Washington, who knows what they do. Embiid mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be like putting pressure on the team. The Lakers are a complete disaster. So are the Nets. Um, meanwhile, Golden State just got Clay back, and they look like a team that could maybe run through the West. Yeah, they still still are yet to to have Wiseman, and they, they probably just use him for like right. twenty minutes a game. Kaminga right. has been last thing I'll say. You know, since you brought the Warriors, I've really liked what I've seen out of Kaminga. He looks great. Um, he's been really good. And it's Him like perfect. Together is kind of dangerous looking. Like yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Oh yeah. God. All right, yeah. man. Well, uh oh, let's just mention Lou Dort and Jay Sean Tate constantly under rostered, but they give you counting stats efficiently. So both those guys are available as always. Uh oh, and and a challenge the- game. Oh yeah, challenge go game. for it. Um so this, I believe it is Wednesday. Sorry, I'm just pulling it up. Uh, I believe this Wednesday we have Hornets Celtics. Okay. 7.30. Sure. Um, so, you know, we've talked about those teams a little bit, but we haven't, I don't think we've done like a full deep dive on them. So, um, you know, looking forward to that one. Dude, we haven't talked about Gordon Hayward all year. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned his goddamn name. Yeah, so seven thirty ESPN Hornets at Celtics. Right on. Uh, you know that that hopefully should be a good one because most of the the guys you want to see are are have been active as of late. Knock on wood. Miles Bridges games always challenge accepted. All right, man. Yeah. We'll have a good week. Uh, be safe and warm out there, everybody. We will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>